three friends that came. And what did they do when they got there? They sat down in the dust with them. And said what? Nothing. 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 Not a bad move. Probably the most eloquent they were was uh, during those seven days. But, you know, this was just overwhelming. And have you ever felt that kind of like awkwardness? Somebody's experienced some terrible tragedy and you really almost don't feel like you know what to say until they say something because it's just so overwhelming that it just almost seems like anything you say is going to not be the right thing. I mean, I think we can kind of sense that. Just this is, this is just unspeakably horrible for Job, and they don't really know what would even be appropriate to say. Uh, it's hard to imagine sitting there a whole week in silence. But then again, it's hard to imagine going through the things that Job went through all of a sudden like that. So, but finally, Job himself breaks the silence with sort of a speech spoken to the air. He doesn't really address anyone in particular. He's just more or less venting, we'd say. You know, he's uh, expressing how he's feeling, which is really going to be helpful for us because even I think we wonder, what is he going through? What is he thinking? I mean, you know, we're impacted by what happens to him, but we've got to really get into, you know, what's, what's, what's this doing for him on the inside? And, uh, boy, once he starts talking, we find out. So, chapter 3, verses 1 to 10. Afterward, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. And Job said, Let the day perish on which I was to be born, and the night which said, A boy is conceived. May that day be darkness. Let not God above care for it, nor light shine on it. Let darkness and black gloom claim it. Let a cloud settle on it. Let the blackness of the day terrify it. As for that night, let darkness seize it. Let it not rejoice among the days of the year. Let it not come into the number of the months. Behold, let that night be barren. Let no joyful shout enter it. Let those who curse it, let those who curse it, who curse the day, who are prepared to rouse Leviathan. Let the stars of its twilight be darkened. Let it wait for light, but have none. Neither let it see the breaking dawn, because it did not shut the opening of my mother's womb or hide trouble from my eyes. Well, one thing you can see right off the bat, Job and his friends are very uh, poetic in their style. Uh, they, they speak these things in uh, you know, very graphic and vivid images, and they do that all the way through. They are you know, quite capable at that. But what is Job doing in these ten verses? He was cursing the day of his conception and birth. You know, and wow, he has not one good thing to say about those days. Particularly the day when he was born. What does he want to happen to that day? Wants it to perish? Yeah, he'd like for that day just to, to be gone. Just to die. You know, uh, God's began creation, let there be light. You know, Job wants there to be darkness. 
In fact, he, you know, has a lot of synonyms for that. Darkness and black gloom and cloud and blackness. And he just wants that day to have a terrible cloud pall over it. Why is he so upset, by the way, with this particular day? Because he was born? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's upset with this day because the day allowed him to be born. If it hadn't been for that day, he wouldn't have been born. You know, I mean, the way he's thinking about it. You know, if, if you're born on a particular day, if that day hadn't happened, then you wouldn't have been born. So he's really upset that that day ever existed because he's really upset that he was born. And why is he so upset that he was born? Now he has to go through all this. Yeah, because he's alive now. And that really bothers him. So he is really down and uh, very discouraged. What does he want to happen in verse 6? You see his point? I almost get into this poetry. What does he want to happen to the day of his birth? To be removed from the calendar. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. it. He wants it to be taken out of the calendar. You know, can, can, have you ever tried to do that? You know, can you imagine one of those calendars, you know, you pull up each month and, you know, you take your scissors and just go in and, you know, cut out a day or two you don't like. You know, uh, that's his vision. Obviously, this is not realistic. But it's just expressing how upset he was to have been born. You know, he says, let that night be barren, and no joyful shout enter it. And let those curse it who curse the day. You know, he'd like for the professional cursers to go to work on the day of his birth. And see if they can, you know, put some kind of a hex on it, or some kind of a, to zap it in some way. I mean, he's just thinking of all these different creative methods of trying to annihilate the day he was born. You know, none of that is really, you know, obviously realistic. I mean, I don't think he really thinks this could happen. But it's his way of saying, I hate it that I was ever born. You know, and when, when these guys go to say anything, they say it in pictures. Um... And so he says, you know, he wishes that there was no light on that uh, day because it did not shut the opening of my mother's womb or hide trouble from my eyes. That's his problem with that day is that it didn't stop me from being born. And so he curses the day he was born. You ever felt that sad to be alive? <laughs> But have you ever had all this happen to you that happened to Job? Maybe if we had, we would feel the same way. Comments and questions on those ten verses? Okay. Last week you said the first two chapters was a section, the prelude to this whole book. Um, then what's chapter three starting in section four? Chapter three is a one-chapter segment that's kind of like Job's lament. This is just Job saying how he feels. And it's going to be paralleled in chapter 42, verses 1 through 6, by Job's confession. So both of these are like little segments where Job speaks and explains how he feels, either grieving or confessing. This will 
this will be the impetus for the friends to speak. Once Job breaks the silence, then they're going to feel like they've got something to say. Uh, so it sets that into motion. But I would not consider this chapter to be a part of that dialogue. It's kind of before that, and then the dialogue begins in chapter 4 with Eliphaz's speech. Is, is Job being, is he whining? I mean, I know, but it's almost like he's, he's saying, you know, it's a bad thing I was born because now I've had to suffer something. And I mean, I, I, I get the idea of, you know, it's, but then it's also he little seven days before he said, "Shall we indeed accept good from God and not accept adversity?" And now he's saying he wishes he'd never been born because the day that day did not trouble hide trouble from his eyes. If that makes sense. Sure. You know we're going to have all kinds of questions about how do we evaluate Job and the friends at various times. And, you know, when you look at this on Job's part, he was whining. I don't think we can deny that. I think Sandra's right. You know, whoa. <laughs> you know, he had something to whine about, at least. You know, some people whine when they have nothing to complain about. So uh, at least we can give him credit for that. Um, we certainly, you know, one of the things that we noticed in uh, 122 is that through all this, Job did not sin nor did he blame God. But that was in chapter 1. He will sin, and I think he will eventually get to where he blames God. So, you know, we're not locked into saying everything Job said was right, or anything like that. Still in all, I think this is more an expression of his pain. Probably, maybe a little too strong, but but I would not, I mean, this is, my, he's just saying, man, I wish I was dead. I wish I had never existed. So, I, I, not ideal, but wow. It, re, it mostly just shows you how he feels. I think the main function is to just see how low he's gotten. Because if you look, just look at the first two chapters, you might think Job is kind of just like, well, you know, the Lord gave, the Lord took away. You know, blessed be the name of the Lord, you know, have a nice day here. <laughs> No, it's not like that. Now, I suspect maybe Job might have reacted even better at first than he does after seven days. Sometimes people are like that. You know, when it first hits you, the full impact isn't there, and so you can kind of, you know, okay. But seven days into this thing, you know, the boils and the pains and, you know, everything just kind of seeking, sinking in. You know, I can imagine it's harder for him now than it was when it first happened. I think that's true for us. I mean, for me, sometimes, it's not just the immediate crisis, it's when it just keeps dragging it on. It just kind of wears you down. I think that's the case with death. For example, when my father passed away, you know, my mother, yes, she was very sorrowful and mournful, but after three months, it really set in that he wasn't coming back and that mm -hmm. she had to deal with it. And so I think that's what grieving is when you've lost someone. Absolutely. You can't really fully understand the impact immediately. You get that impact over a period of time as you don't have them. 
and as you wish you did in various situations come along. So I can imagine this even gets harder and harder for Job. Anything else? I just really feel strongly that most of the power of the book of Job is like seeing that Job is a real person. You know, like, I, when I was little, I thought that Job never sinned in the whole thing ever. <laughs> and, I would, like, that was just so far above me that that doesn't, that's not relevant to me. But, like, seeing him as a real person with real feelings, ordinary thoughts, and just the fact that he stuck close to God. Yes, he sinned. Yes, he messed up. Whatever. Um, but he was a real person, and in the end, he stayed close to God, and... Uh, you know, the Lord blessed him. And I think that's the power of the story. Yeah. Good. Very true. Absolutely. I mean, wow. If <laughs> Job didn't feel some of these things, we probably couldn't relate to him. You know, the other thing you might say about this chapter, and really all of Job, <coughs> is does it really help just to stuff our feelings down inside of us and not admit them? You know, so I'm going to be seething on the inside, but I'm going to put on a smiley face and say everything's good. <laughs> well, that's not really helpful. I mean, you know, do we ever think, well, maybe if I just don't say anything about it, God won't know? You know, I mean, because you really see in the Bible examples of some fairly strong things said even to God. The Psalms give you some models of people really being pretty upset with God. How long? You know, why aren't you doing something? You know, and really upset. And I think we are intended to express to God how we feel. That might be one of the worst things about this particular statement of Job's is that it's not said so much to God. That's a really good practice to get into. It's, it's, it's I think, right for us to express how we feel. And if we're upset with the Lord, we probably ought to just tell him because he knows anyway. But but tell him, don't tell other people. Or, or you know, primarily tell him. First tell him. You know, I think that's important for us. We know we're not bad-mouthing God. We're going directly to him and saying, God, I really am struggling with you right now. And I just don't understand. And this just doesn't seem right. And uh, I think that's that's helpful to see you know, those things. So here, Job, it might have been better if he addressed this to God. Later on, he will address a lot of things to God. Well, this is just step one. I mean, you know, he cursed the day, but I mean, the fact is, he's alive. The day's not going to go away. So you're really going to have to deal with this. <laughs> so he goes on from there to wishing for some other things. Uh, 11 to 19. Why did I not die at birth, come forth from a boon and expire? Why did the knees receive me, and why the breasts which I, that which I suck? For now I would have lain down and been quiet. I would have slept, and then I would have been at rest. With kings and with counselors of the earth, who rebuilt ruins for themselves. Or with princes who had, gone, uh, who had gold, who were filling the houses with silver. Or like a miscarriage which is discarded, I would not be as infants that never saw light. Therefore, the wicked cease from raging, and there is the weary are at rest. The prisoners are at ease together. They do not hear the voice of the taskmaster. Master. 
the small and the great are there, and the slave is free from his master. Okay, well, why was he ever born uh, was 1 through 10. What's verse 11? Why didn't I die right when I was born? Yeah, yeah that's, that's the idea. Why didn't I die at birth? If, I, if I'm going to be born, why didn't they just, you know, not take care of me? You know, and, and then I'd have died at birth. And, and he thinks about what that would have been like. And that would be awesome. You ever think about how tremendous it would have been to die at birth? You know, be, what would have been so awesome about dying at birth for Joe? He wouldn't have to suffer. He wouldn't have to suffer. What would he have? Rest. Rest, peace, and quiet. Who would he be with? Kings and counselors. Oh, all the great men throughout the past along with all the not-so-great men, you know. Everybody's there. And and it would have just been, it, man, that would be so awesome. If he could have just been there and just, you know, have peace and quiet in the grave. You know, he's he really wishes that would have happened. You know, um, you, you see this is just an interesting perspective on death. Most people don't really just go about daydreaming about how awesome death will be, you know. I'm not talking about heaven. I mean, maybe we'd go about daydreaming about how awesome heaven will be. But he's just talking about, you know, just going to the grave. You know, just uh, being there with everybody else who's died. Boy, that's going to be great. Man, he wishes it had already happened. If he could have just died when he was, when he was born, that would have been so, so cool. Because then he would gotten to enjoy the pleasures of the grave. Uh, so that, that is really ironic that he says those things. One of the things you see about this is that death is the great leveler. I mean, you got the kings, the counselors, the princes, the miscarriage, the wicked, the weary, the prisoners, the small, the great, the slave, the, the master. They're all there. And social distinctions don't matter there. Everybody's just kind of, uh, you know, kind of there, you know, in the, in the grave. And, and there's no real rank. You know, as he says in the end, the slave is free from his master. You don't, you don't continue that slave-master relationship in the grave. So everything had been wonderful for him if he could have just died at birth. That's the way he's looking at this. Comments and questions about that? All right, how about 20 to 26? Why is light given to him who suffers and life to the bitter of soul? who long for death, but there is none, and dig for it more than for hidden treasures, who rejoice greatly and exult when they find the grave. Why is light given to a man whose way is hidden, and whom God has hedged in? For my groaning comes at the sight of my food, and my cries pour out like water. From what I fear comes upon me, and what I dread befalls me. I am not at ease, nor am I quiet, and I, and I am not at rest, but turmoil comes. Well, what's he really wanting right now? To die. To die. You know, why does the one who suffer get light? And why does the bitter person have life? These are people who long for death and they can't find it. They dig for it more than for hidden treasures. That's pretty graphic. I mean, what do people do to find gold and silver and things like that? Pearls and, I don't know, jewels and gems. What they won't do is usually the shorter list. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they'll go to all kinds of links. They'll, they'll search high and low. They'll spend great money on those things. 
And he says, you know, these are, there are people who are just searching for death, like you'd search for some kind of a great treasure, like you'd search for a diamond or a pearl or gold. You know, and they rejoice greatly and exult when they find the grave. I mean, that's just their greatest treasure when they finally can die. You know, why has God, you know, given light to the one in verse 23 he has hedged in? Now that's interesting. Does that remind you of anything earlier in the book? Oh. Satan says... Doesn't he fear you for nothing? You know, you've hedged him in and protected him. Yes, in 110, Satan said, God has hedged him in with blessings. You know, you, he just got so much blessings all around, he's just, he just kind of like hemmed in by all these blessings. That's not the way Job's seeing that now. He sees God as hedging him in with all these catastrophes and calamities and terrible disasters, like God won't let him escape. So that's a, quite a different view of the being hedged in. And he just groans and cries. And, you know, everything he's dreading and fearing <laughs> is what happens. You know, it's just, man, he's just at the end of his rope. You know, it's hard to imagine somebody any lower than Job. And this is just an expression almost of the air of how he feels. He just wishes... He'd have never been born, wishing he'd have died at birth, and wishing he could die now. Comments and questions? When you see men digging a hole in a cemetery, they're, they're digging for death. <laughs> Maybe. Would he ever commit suicide? He doesn't. He never really talks about it. So this isn't... I mean, he's longing for death, but he doesn't think about doing it himself. Why do you think he wouldn't have killed himself? It's simple. I, I think that's exactly right. I don't think he would have thought he had the right to. He didn't give himself his life. He doesn't have the right to take it away. One of the things you see in Job, I think that's important, is though he complains, and sometimes improperly, you don't see him going out and getting drunk. You don't see him going out and, you know doing some other wrong thing like a lot of people would do in that situation. He continues to live a life of considerable integrity. And so I don't think he would have killed anybody, not even himself. You know, it would have been right. He never discusses it. But for somebody who's longing for death this intensely, you would assume if he'd have thought he could have, he would have. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sure what would have, what other things there would have been that could have pulled him back from that. I agree. He doesn't really have anything. I mean, uh, his his wife is there, and we've got the well, she's different views. She's trying it. to get him to d yeah. to die. Yeah. You know. Put yourself out of your misery by cursing God and getting struck by lightning and dying. Right. You know, kind of thing. Right. Other comments? You said before that it seemed to be her suggestion was just to commit suicide. Well, or curse God and let him kill you. But yeah. 
saying, I guess, God's already cursing you, so you might as well. Yeah, and, and maybe God will get angry with you and just kill you, and that way you'll, you won't have to suffer all this. It, um, but does she think then that he's uh, done something wrong is the reason? I mean... I don't think so. I mean, I think she's sympathetic. You know, I mean, Kyle did point out Sunday that, you know, she suffered, except for the health, all the losses Job suffered, she suffered just the same. So I, I think she's probably sympathetic. She just hates to see him go through this. If he'd curse God, maybe God would kill him and then he wouldn't have to go through all this. Is there any guarantee that God would kill him? I don't know that he would, but she well, thinks Why so. would she think that? Where's well, that? I mean, if you get bad enough, won't well, God punish so you? Bad. I mean, I think it'd be the idea to be a punishment. If you curse God, maybe He'll just strike back out and retaliate against you. I don't have anything better than that. Oh, well, she sees him looking so horrible. She thinks he's better off dead. Well, yeah, Job thinks so too. <laughs> they're they're in agreement on that one. He's just not going to curse God to get the job done. Curse the day of his birth, perhaps, but not God. Other thoughts? All right, uh, chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Now Eliphaz finally will begin speaking. He's, he's been quiet long enough. And Eliphaz the Temanite answered, If one ventures a word with you, will you become impatient? But who can refrain from speaking? Behold, you have admonished many, and you have strengthened these hands. 